With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into your Friday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad back at it with you and... I'm just going to keep saying this because this is one of the best things you will ever do. Join Cincinnati Football Insider. 14-day free trial. 1-4. My favorite number. 14-day free trial. You will not be charged until the end of that trial. And it's only $4.99 a month to get the best insights and bonus content that cuts through the clutter of social media. Signing up is really easy. Just go to cleveland.com slash bangles. Make sure you click on that blue banner at the top of the page. And if this is easier, you can also send a text message to 513-949-4147. Join the great group of insightful journalists with the best Bengals coverage on Cincinnati Football Insider. And I'm joined at Paycor Stadium by Mike Nislick and Andrew Gillis. And we're just going to kind of give our last second Thoughts, predictions, uh, hot takes, uh, entering Sunday's game, but, uh, I'll just kind of start. I think my prediction is a Bengals win. They take it 31-14. That would be the Bengals' largest margin of victory if the score ends up that way. We really don't know what's going to happen with this New Orleans offense, and that's not to the benefit of New Orleans. Rather, it's to the benefit of the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon keeps pushing. It sounds like Jonah Williams is in good shape, which we'll get to later, which is good for Joe Mixon, who I think has been trending upward uh, since the Dolphins game, and it will continue to be that way for him. And that's where I think it's going to go. I'm going to say um – and by the way, we wrote all of this, so go read it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I picked Bengals twenty three, Saints twenty. Um, to me, this just strikes me as a as a game that is going to just. It's not really going to have a lot of style points. It's not going to be very sexy. Um, you know, T Higgins. Who knows? Like, you know, we can get into the injury stuff, like you mentioned. But I just think with the Saints playing at home, um, both teams are two and three. You, it, it, the longer you get into the season. You know, Zach was talking about, Zach Taylor was talking about sample size early, like, you know, no panic after going two games under 500 to start the year. Well, two games under 500 in mid-October is a very different story. So I think both teams are kind of fighting up against that. They know the stakes. Um, I I think the Bengals are going to win, but it, it probably won't look pretty, I think. And uh, I, I would say it's going to be really, really close right down to the wire. So you think it comes down to the last drive again, just like we've seen in all three of their yeah, losses? Maybe not the last drive, um, but you know, I think um, it, it's going to be one of those games where you're going to go into the fourth quarter and you certainly are not going to have 
an idea of who's going to win. I, you know, maybe the last couple of drives, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not well equipped enough to say oh, the Saints are going to backdoor cover or the Bengals are going to backdoor cover or whatever. Like, but I, I just think that the way that this game to me is kind of shaking out um, some of the injury concerns for the Bengals with just kind of what has worked and what hasn't worked for them in the last couple of weeks. This is a game that I can see there's not a lot of juice for. You just came off a Sunday night game in Baltimore where you're playing for first place in the division. Now you have to go down south and you have to play an NFC South team that in the Superdome in the Superdome that might not be very good. Like I, I, I just think it's a it's a it's a tough spot. It's a tough matchup. So I, I think this game's going to be pretty close. Well, the, the numbers right now, the spread, uh, Bengals are favored by two, so you'd have them covering and pushing the over-under, which is four, at 43 points right now. Uh, my, my prediction was closer to Muhammad's. Uh, I had 31 Bengals, uh, Saints 17. I just don't think the Saints are very good. Um, whoever's that quarterback, I mean, they have some offensive weapons, but I just don't think Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston are sort of the kind of the top-tier uh, type of players, and I think the Bengals have a top-tier type of defense. Um, you know, the, uh, the Bengals offense hasn't been consistent this year, but uh, I think the defense kind of sparks them in this game um, and puts them in some good situations. It allows Joe Burrow to kind of get get going a little bit. I don't know if we'll see that explosive offense yet or what kind of run game we'll see, but I still think that they uh, are able to kind of handle this game pretty easily. Uh, I guess the Saints team that I that I just I mean what they're two and three or two and three right yeah and, two and, and three and, and haven't played uh, very good teams and, and struggled so uh, that that's kind of where I'm at on this one and you know like they played the Seahawks last week who <laughs> you look at most power rankings they're a bottom five team in the league they might be one of the worst teams and so you know yeah Taysom Hill had a great game Alvin Kamara a great running back who I mentioned would be a problem had a great game but it's the Seahawks I mean you talk about sample size. I think in their case, the sample size is not that great. And the Bengals really, even though they're two and three, they are going to be one of the better opponents that uh, they face this year. And, you know, you talk about Joe Burrow. I, I don't know that there is that explosive offense. I'm with you, Michael. What does help him, though, is the Saints, I think, have like the seventh worst passing defense in the league. Uh, the injuries that they have on both sides don't help, especially on offense, but there's some notable uh, injuries on defense. Again, I think a lot of it is also contingent on Jonah Williams. Uh, Zach Taylor said he feels good about him, whereas obviously we mentioned T. Higgins is day-to-day. But even without T. Higgins, you know, we talked about Jamar Chase, talked about Tyler Boyd. They're going to get those opportunities. They're going to make them work. And even if you cue Mike Thomas, I wouldn't be too worried about that either because he looked decent in his limited role. So, it won't be explosive, but it will give a lot of Bengals fans hope of, hey, Joe Burrow is still Joe Shiesty with the ball. Joe Mixon is still his all-pro all pro self of a running back. And it's going to show that, yeah, a lot of things are going to be on the upward climb, and that's what you need when you have a really weak slate of opponents like the Saints, like Michael mentioned, Falcons, and so on and so forth. Well, I think this could be a good spot to even rest T to kind of get him healthy. He's been banged up basically throughout the whole season, uh, suffered a concussion early, had the ankle injury, got a busted lip even. Um, th- this would be a spot to kind of get him healthy, to kind of have him for the stretch run later. Jonah Williams, those offensive linemen don't like to sit out uh, at, at all costs. So, I mean, I, I, you probably have a hard time sitting him out, and I think he's kind of more crucial to the success and the, and the fact that uh, it'd be harder to replace him. I, I think we talked about that yesterday on yesterday's podcast. You mentioned Michael Thomas as T. Higgins' uh, replacement. They've also, you know, could move Jamar Chase around to sort of make up and give different different looks and, and sort of make up that production with Chase coming back to the Superdome and obviously Joe Burrow as well. They'll look to have a big game, and I, and I think they can survive without T. T. this week. 
Yeah, um, you know, the offensive line thing is is certainly something to monitor. I think the the resting T thing is interesting because they, is. everybody wants to play. Like everybody wants to to get on the field, but at some point you have to protect like the the players from themselves. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see like if this is just a this isn't a divisional opponent. Uh, you have uh, a big game coming up at the end of the month against um, against Cleveland on Monday um, night. On Monday night football, like like I wonder how much of this is kind of knowing that you're going to play a lot of divisional opponents later. Um, you're going to play a lot of conference opponents later. The schedule is going to get tougher. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is a good spot. Like if, if you're going to pick a week for T to kind of sit him down, I know he kind of pretty much did that last week, but. If you're going to sit T down, I mean, ankle sprains can linger. Oh, yeah. Um, they can be pains. So I, I think that this is this is an interesting spot to do that. Um, it is risky, uh, but I think that you'd almost like it's the, it's the age old question. Like, would you rather have T Higgins at X percentage or Mike Thomas at X percentage? Well, know? it helps out with the game plan, too. You know, last week they put him in the game plan, thought, you know, hoping that he would go. And then about five minutes in, you lose him and you kind of have to scramble to make up yeah. for everything. This yeah. way you kind of go. Uh, you know, I know he said he's going to wait till the last second to decide or, or on game day, but if you decide now and you can kind of game plan and get the game plan structured where you feel good about not having him. Yeah. Um, exactly. and, and I think it makes it, it easier probably on the coaching staff to sort of come up with an effective plan. I mean, if he's good, I mean, you, you know, we don't know how good he is and isn't. We don't see much of practice. We see 20 minutes. We only saw him on the re- rehab field. Uh, he was moving a little bit today more than he had earlier in the week, even though uh, he was limited. Um, you know, you still don't get a sense of where he's at, sort of in that rehab. So, is it close? Is it not? You know, you know, I, I, you don't, you don't know how close Zach Taylor is playing those cards to the vest. I think if he's not very close, you know, and, and you, you know, you're taking a big risk. Just why not sit him just to kind of get him healthy? Uh, like we said, he's taking a lot of hard hits already this season, and you don't want him to make it worse either, especially in a game that should be winnable with or without him. And that's the big thing. Now, obviously, if it wasn't a divisional opponent, like Andrew said. I'd still sit him. I just don't know how much you sit him. But no, in a game like this, don't take the risk. It's not worth it. You really cannot afford to lose someone like that long term, especially if you want to make a run back to the postseason. Well, and it just depends what the re-injury risk is, too. And that's the big thing, too. If it's a pain – like it sounded like Jonah's injury was a pain tolerance thing. Like it sounded like – like when you when we when we were talking to Zach, it sounded kind of like one of those things where it's like, all right, it's just a matter of like, is the knee stable enough? And if that's the answer, it's like, can Jonah tolerate the pain? And like – all indications are that he's going to play. The T thing, we don't really know if it's if pain it's tolerance, an, if it's pain tolerance, if it's an injury risk, you know, if whatever. So I think that um, you know, if if he can go, you play him. It's T Higgins. Like, but if you know, this is this is this one of those situations, like Mike said, where you're not adjusting on the fly the second drive of the game, going, oh god, how do we get Jamar more involved now that we don't have T? Right. And you're doing that rapid style as the Ravens are putting up a ten point lead on you. So I think this is uh I think this is gonna be an interesting spot to see, you know, kinda if T if T gets used at all and then without T, if T is not there, what do they do? Is it just feed Jamar the ball? Is it, hey, we're gonna rely on Tyler and Mike and Hayden and Joe? Like what do you do? I don't know. So to me, that's really interesting if he's not going to play. And that's going to be fun to watch. Like, you know, because like you said, we really don't know until we actually get to the Superdome. And at that point, like if – and of course, they're going to have T. Higgins later. But if that shows what they could do without T. Well, they've gone two games without him. I mean, I think the – you know, Michael Thomas has gotten most of the snaps. But then they've also, uh, like we talked about, moved Jamar Chase around. Right. 
um, you know, you've kind of seen what the blueprint is, you know, and far, as far as like targets or who gets the ball most. I mean, obviously that'll depend on kind of how the Saints play them, but I think you kind of know the blueprint. I mean, Mike Thomas, they, they feel is really capable. Uh, he was with um, Zach Taylor uh, in Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. they know him really well. He had a nice catch last week. So I think that's the plan in, in just in terms of like where the ball goes and how it gets distributed, that, that sort of, you know, that we will find out. But I think we know kind of how the snaps are or who, who's going to get the bulk of the playing time without G if he doesn't play. No, absolutely. And again, they, they have the confidence that they can compete with or without T, but it's definitely worth, you know, having that blueprint, you know, keeping those cards close, like you mentioned with Zach Taylor. But like you said, this is a game where the Bengals shouldn't worry with or without T. They're going to be in the driver's seat. I think we all unanimously agree on that. Obviously, you know, Andrew says it'll be a little closer, but we all agree that this will be a Bengals win. They'll be back at 500 before they come back home to Atlanta to face Atlanta next week. But kind of want to get into some other predictions uh, aside from scores, uh, kind of some prop bets. Last week, I said that Joe Mixon would take the over uh, as far as rushing yards goes. He was predicted to go over 58 and a half. I went with the over. That ended up being the case. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, the line on DraftKings has him favored rushing over 63 and a half. I know the Saints rushing defense is a little better than what Baltimore presented, but again, assuming things are fine with Jonah Williams, if he keeps getting those holes he's been getting, which he feels good about, at the very least, he gets 70. Even if he doesn't go off, he definitely goes over the 63 and a half. The, I think Vegas is listening to this right now because – so we started just uh, behind the scenes. We're going to break the fourth wall here. We were down in the media <laughs> room, and I had the I had the app up. I was like kind of looking through which ones I liked, which prop bets I liked. We come up to the press box, and the line moved a yard. So for me, um, I was going to take Joe Burrow under 37.5. It is now under 38.5, uh, so that, I mean – wouldn't dissuade me from taking that so the longest completion for burrow i I like the under there um of 38 and a half uh oh my god it just went down to 37 and a half again but either way (laughs) take the under uh take the under because you know teams have been showing a lot of this this too high look this just prevent big plays defense pretty much exclusively throughout the year um you know joe burrow he had the he had the long uh touchdown pass to t against miami which went for 59 yards uh, the pass to uh, Tyler Boyd in New York went for 56 yards, but that was a one of those passes where it was like an in route and Tyler Boyd caught it, broke two tackles, ran 56 yards for a touchdown. Like that, it was not one of those you know Joe Burrow airs it out throws. Uh, last week against Baltimore, he only threw one pass that went over 15 yards in the air. Uh, it was an incomplete. It was like that fade kind of corner route to Mike Thomas in the back of the end zone. So they're not really throwing the ball deep. I think, I mean, the book is kind of out at this point. Like, at least for now, this is how you stop the the Bengals. This is what you do. I can't expect or I can't imagine that the the Saints would veer from that. So to me, this is basically just a bet of saying, will, you know, especially if T. Higgins isn't going to play, it's like, will one of these receivers break a route that goes, you know, if they get a 10-yard pass, can they get an extra 20 or 30 yards on the act? I don't know, and I would bet against that right now. It just feels like good value. Yeah, I, I was going to bet um, on the offense again. I failed last week. I said the <laughs> offense was going to score over, uh, was it 1.5 touchdowns? Or I think maybe it was 2.2 touchdowns. Uh, this week I'm going to still kind of uh, you know, recommend. I think the Bengals still have a pretty good chance of breaking out a little bit. And with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, having – you know, return to their LSU territory. Uh, Joe Burrow over one one and a half touch, t- total touch t- 
total passing touchdowns. I say that five times fast. And then Jamar Chase, uh, over 78.5 receiving yards, I think are both uh, pretty attractive in terms of over-under and, and betting the over. Uh, Chase, like we said, with Higgins, even if he's in the game, um, you know, being a little limited, uh, it seemed to make sense that he'd, he'd get more targets. I think he's had over 80 in most of the games, except for maybe one or two. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at with the – and these were both with Caesars. I couldn't, for some reason, load them on my DraftKings app. And Bengals fans going down to the game will be able to bet uh, legally uh, on, a, on sports books. You can download into those apps um, and, and, and do that. Right, right now you'd have to drive into Indiana. Ohio's still wait, waiting January 1st. January 1. Uh, Louisiana's legal, so you can take advantage of these recommendations or not based on what you think. Yeah, and like, don't get mad if you lose money on it. I mean, we're just who are we to just tell you how to use your money, right? I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even bet. I'm not even a gambler. I'm, I'm just telling you if I. Oh, learn. so you don't like to live? See, that's not a, that's not a good recommendation. Like, you can't. You have to be. You have to be willing to put back up your own. Money oh yeah, yeah. I feel day. like we feel like we need to just like send screenshots of our bet slips as like <laughs> put the money on, put our own, money put our own money on the that, line. That's right. Um, yeah, so the was it January one for Ohio, right? Correct. Yeah. God, God, the fun, my my friend um, was telling me it's the funniest thing in the world. This is a tangent, but Ohio State might make the college football playoff, and they might be playing in the college football playoff at like eight o'clock on on December thirty first. True. On New Year's Eve, and you're gonna have a bunch of people in this state who are four hours away from legal gambling. Uh, and they're not gonna be able to bet on like Ohio State, Georgia, or something uh, like that. Well, it's, it's gonna be the funniest thing in the world. Well, a lot of them will be at the game, but uh, yeah, yeah, in Cincinnati, you could drive. What is it like fifteen? minutes to the Indiana yeah, you border. Can drive to the Indiana so border. It's, it's a little more convenient. Or like if you're in Cleveland, you could drive or that area of, of Ohio, you could drive to Just uh, Pennsylvania. The, the lake. Uh, <laughs> is it legal? Is it legal in Michigan? <laughs> is it legal uh, in Pennsylvania? Know. I don't. It, I don't. I don't. It's legal in Pennsylvania. I know is that. It? For if a it's fact. in Michigan, if you're in Cleveland, you could just drive over to Michigan or even Toledo. It's right across the border from Sports Michigan. Gambling map. Let's see here. As I Google this live, uh, not everybody else. Not no other podcast gives you a raw look at their process. Well, Kentucky here. is not legal. I know. Uh, that. Michigan that, that's is never live happen. and legal. So wow. Okay. So, so there you go. So, so basically, the just states. don't go. If you're yeah. in Ohio listening to this, just don't go into Kentucky. And if you're in a more enlightened part of the country, congratulations. Yeah, I'm from Kentucky, so I'm going to tell you right now, it never has and never will happen as long as... It'll happen in all 50 states eventually. Kentucky will be last. Eventually, these people are going to realize how much money they're losing. Yeah. Well, oh, I know that. I'm saying when, when it happens, Kentucky will still be the very last state. Although there's a debate on that, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were. But it, kind of a prop I'm... Sorry to Wildcats fans. Well, hey, I went to school there, so watch it, buddy. <laughs> well, I, I mean... It's just you're not going to be able to bet on their basketball team to win and their football oh, team know. to lose anymore. So it'll be fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> we'll slow it down there and kind of get back on track. You know, this is an interesting take. So the over-under for uh, Jamar Chase on receiving yards is 80 and a half. Eighty and a half. Interesting. I don't know. Do you, I don't, that line's I, going up because I checked earlier when I was kind of like looking which, which prop I want to pick. That line is going up. So I think maybe they're reacting to the T news. True. And, and just kind of saying like, hey, you know, maybe – Maybe if T's not going to go, because you know, like the game that the game that T didn't play, like for the majority of the game uh, against Pittsburgh, Jamar had what, like a hundred and um, like a hundred and twenty nine hundred twenty four something so. like that yards. Yeah. So like to me, um, the you know that's one of those things where 
Baltimore just had a really good secondary. I don't think New Orleans secondary is as good as Baltimore. No, not at all. I think this kind of gives you an interest. But 80 is interesting. It is, yeah. And, and that could that could go up, like you said, because it wasn't that high even like a half hour ago as we say this live. But I want to, you know, I like to have my hot takes, my controversy. Uh, apparently earlier this week, Cameron Jordan, uh, defensive end for the Saints, who's one of the best in the league, he said he wants to make sure that, in his own words, according to the Associated Press, Joe Burrow is not smoking a cigar after the game. It's pretty, that, pretty tame. Pretty it, tame, Muhammad. I don't know, though. I feel like, like you're fishing for something. Yeah. Maybe I am, but, like, you know, we all know what Joe Burrow did the last time. He was in the Superdome. He had that iconic meme. Yeah, where he, he was, was not in the NFL. He was beating Clemson. Week six game. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm not saying he will. I don't think he'd he smoke will. a cigar either way. But. Oh, no, he won't. But what I'm saying is I think it's funny that Cameron Jordan just feels the need to talk about fishing. He kind of just fished that out like – well, he's not going to smoke a cigar anyway, so I feel like Cameron Jordan's kind of, I don't know. He's trying to have a little fun with this. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just fishing into it because I like to do the, that. The stretch. I think that was a yeah. bit of a stretch. The, he said he's going to like put a cigar out on his helmet like during the game. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that. we all know like the historic rivalry that has just stretched de- decades in the NFL between the Bengals and the Saints. Right. You know, it's really, a you know, really <laughs> every time they play, the fans are brawling in the crowd and, you know, the players are fighting in the on like on the sidelines. It's crazy. Right? Well, I mean, Hey, this is unique. We talk about like the whole Eli Apple saga, Von Bell. No, that is the, the that, Saints that fans are, are going to be pissed at Eli Apple. Th- that does make things more interesting than it has been when they played before. So there is some truth to that. Although you're, I know you're being sarcastic, right. there's a little truth. Okay, to that. what was your first hint? What's up? Oh my <laughs> that was gosh. more sarcastic than you just whoosh right over the head. <laughs> just to really wrap up, I know we talked about uh, me and my obsession, which is apparently controversial with beignets and chocolate. On a more lighter note, or maybe heavy note, depending on what you like to eat, um, I know you've been to New Orleans, Michael. Uh, what is a good place to get seafood? Dan Horde, uh, the Bengals radio voice, said his friend recommended Drago's Seafood, which is right off uh, the Mississippi River downtown. Isn't it Drago's? Like Dra- Drago's. I think it's Drago's. Maybe I'm thinking of Drago, like, you know, Draco, the future song. Maybe that's what I'm oh, thinking God. of. But Drago, Drago. Um, do you know anything about that? Or what, what are some good seafood? I need some good New Orleans seafood. I'm only recommending alcohol. I'm sorry. I can't make any seafood. Can't do food? <laughs> So I have, to, I have to turn to Yelp now when I have a seasoned, supposedly seasoned vet right next to me. <laughs> so basically, right. Muhammad, what we're telling you is that me and Mike are absolutely going to get obliterated at whatever New Orleans bar, French Quarter. Yeah, we're yeah. Mike, Mike's got all the wrecks, and for food, we're just going to stumble into whatever place we find. You get an Irish car bomb too. That's that's a good. I've drink. never had an Irish car bomb. <laughs> yeah, are they good? All right. Okay. I well, still do the Sazerac. What was the was that out. the drink that was created in New Orleans that you were talking about? Sazerac. Yeah, Sazerac. Yeah. What are, what is the Sazerac? I don't even. It's know. It's a whiskey drink with ab, uh, absinthe uh, wash. It's, it's good. It's good. Mix a whiskey drink and mix a vodka drink. We, we, you know what they say. It's it's lonely at the top. So I'll, I'll enjoy myself, alcohol free, really honing in on the delightful bites of seafood wherever I end up going. I'm gonna have yeah, to do my Yeah, New Orleans research. feels like one of those places like Baltimore where it's like. With can't crab, go wrong. You can't go wrong. It's like Texas with barbecue. Unlike unless you're walking into like an absolute dump, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, I mean, I've I have been to New Orleans. It's been about three and a half years, but it's really hard to walk into a dump if you really think you know what you're doing. But I tell you what, if you know what you're doing, ladies and gentlemen, if you want the best info again. On the Bengals, sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. 14-day free trial. Cut through the clutter of social media. Get it straight from the source, the best source, myself 
Andrew and Mike. It's only $4.99 a month until or after your 14-day free trial. So again, sign up at cleveland.com slash bangles, click on the blue banner, or send a text to area code 513-949-4147. Again, for myself, Mike Nislik and Andrew Gillis, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Thank you for tuning in to the Strictly Stripes podcast. We'll see you in New Orleans. Until then, take care.